sweet. Good to see y'all. I know some of you still wonder about my incredible um, uh, ability to lose weight. It's kind of like a spa treatment. So if any of you want to try, it's just, you know, like a chemo radiation and a little surgery where they make your stomach a tube and guess what? You can get swelt as well. It's amazing. Uh, it's incredible. You know, uh, this week has uh, been an interesting week. Last, uh, it must have been last, I can't even keep track of time, last week or so when I was in having the biopsy on my liver to see if the cancer had spread to the liver. And uh, Marcia was praying and, and she was uh, pretty stressed because they were trying to decide if the cancer spread. And we had a pretty good idea that it had spread. You know, I had cancer that uh, before it wasn't there, I didn't have any spots. And so they saw these spots and they wanted to biopsy and see if it was cancerous. And, and so she was praying and she was just so stressed. And Karen called her and, and Marcia said to Karen, uh, one of our daughters, you know, she said, I just, uh, <clears throat> my bones just hurt. And, uh, and so Karen said, well, I'm just, I'm at lunch. I'm going to lunch and, and uh, I'm with some of my kids and so we'll just pray for you and Karen has a, a school in Minnesota she teaches middle school kids and <clears throat> I think there's like 14 different languages but there was uh, four or five kids with Karen and they just prayed for Steve and Marsha in all their own different languages and uh, it was just a beautiful thought of how, how uh, God has his people everywhere and, um, and it was about that time that Marsha really got peace and so we were dropping off these cards. Marsh wanted to just send these cards to the school and to these kids. And, and we stopped to saw Karen, and she was pretty sad. And by then, we were relatively peaceful, and which amazing. Thanks, God. And, uh, and so, but Karen, at the end of the day, she was walking. And she called us. We were still driving. And she said, I was just so struck because God just told me this wasn't about me, <laughs> that this was all about him, all about God. And it's just such a free. And I, and I think that that's the thing that, that just changes everything in our perspective when we realize the truth that, that what we're going through isn't, it's, it's not about me, okay? This is about Almighty God. And I'm kind of happy to inform you as well that this is not about you, what you're going through. It's about God, what you're going through in your life, okay? And whether it's my life, your life, he is the one who deserves glory, and he's the one who is weaving all these things together. And so today, I just really want us to stop and think about, do you still think this is about you? You see, is my life about God? Absolutely. And so is yours. And so we start then having these questions come up in our mind. You know, I have cancer, and... When it spreads to your liver, they measure your time in months. And of course, I know God can heal. He gave Hezekiah 15 more years. He can do whatever he wants. He can heal me today. And, uh, but you know, we, we have these questions when these things happen to us. Whatever you have, whatever your struggle is, which every single one of us goes through different seasons of struggles, and you start asking then, if this is about God, and God is all-powerful, and God is almighty, is God really good? Is he really good? And so that's kind of the question I want us to take on today. Because you see, our concept about God impacts everything else. 
And it, it, it's all about perspective, but it impacts everything else. And as I talk to Christians, as I, as I listen to Christians speak, as I see the, the Christians in the media and in the world, uh, I find that we have a real problem today in, our, in the church. And uh, I know it's not exclusive to our day, but we have a real problem, and, and we have a problem understanding how amazing our God is. And so all of a sudden, we praise our God. He reigns. Our God is great. Our God is wonderful. And we leave, and tomorrow, our God becomes fear. We look around the world and, oh no, everything's going to fall apart. And we're afraid of the economy and we're afraid of the government and we're afraid of the terrorists. We're afraid of our retirement. We're afraid we're going to lose our money. We're afraid of our health. We're afraid it's going to happen to our kids. And all of a sudden, uh, what, our God that reigns is no longer the God on the throne of our lives. And instead, we replace him with this, these fears. And, and somehow, in almost an instant, we, we lose the truth that our God is God and that he's in control. And, and, and it's, 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 like, it's like it brings it to the head, the truth that we are in a war, and our enemy Satan has waged the same war against the people of God since the beginning. We just need to realize that. And the question that he raises is the same question that he raises year after year after year after year. And for each one of us, he raises it week after week after week. Are we going to doubt God's goodness based on our circumstances? Are you going to, based on what you're going through now, are you going to doubt that our God is good? You see, the big lie is what we need to understand and bring context to our times. The big lie that Satan got mankind to fall with, Adam and Eve, that still affects our day today and will continue to affect our generations after us until the Lord returns or until uh, this thing is all over when God decides it's over, which could be any time now. But the big lie is that God is not good. Somehow he's got some evil agenda. Somehow he doesn't have your best in mind. And, and we're going to start in the book of Genesis, then we're going to spend some time in Luke. Genesis, of course, the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3. And I don't think we have the scriptures up here, but if you have your Bible or... Your iPhone turned to Genesis 3, and you know, if, if you've been here long at Rimrock, you realize that Bill and Pat and I go to Genesis a lot. And, uh, but, you know, really, chapters 1 and 2, God's, God's creating everything. And you know what he's saying? It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. It's very good. That's the design. That's Eden. That's paradise. And then all of a sudden, Satan comes along and, and starts, you know, tempting Eve. And in Genesis 3, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, The serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, lest you die. And I'll let you study and see that that is not what God said. Uh, she added to that. But, but that's what she said. And the serpent said to her, You will surely not die. For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be open. You will be like God. You will know good from evil. Father, we come to you today, and I pray that you would just pierce through every single one of our hearts by your spirit and by your power, and that you would just not allow any of us to walk out of here unchanged by your word. 
but instead you would, you would change us and that you would confront us with the truth of your word and that you would force us to come face to face with Jesus Christ and that you would allow us to choose. And I pray, God, that each one of us would choose to surrender to you as King of kings, Lord of lords, the ultimate good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You see, basically the temptation is, look, you're, everything's good. Everything's great. You're in paradise. But, you know, God gives you one rule. You can do anything you want, but just not the one rule. Just realize you're not God is essentially what he's saying. God's saying, worship me, not yourselves. And Satan's like, ah, come on. God just knows that you can be in control. He's got kind of a hidden even evil agenda. He's got a plan in mind. And, and really, he is not all good. And, and, and he got them to doubt that God was not all good. You know why? Based on their circumstances, which were perfect. And so you know how easy it is for him to get us to doubt that God is good based on our circumstances after the fall that aren't all perfect, okay? There's a lot of garbage in our world. And we all have to deal with a lot of things. And so this temptation sneaks in. And, and, and Satan's like, just look around. Obviously, God's not good. Otherwise, he wouldn't let this happen to you, would he? And, and you know the lie. And you just have to realize that living in the context of when we live in our times, that that's what we're going to face, okay? And so when we, we face that, we need to understand what is good. And we've kind of lost that with our English language because we just throw out that word all the time. So if you, if you go back to Luke, hit the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, and it's, a, it's a story from Jesus' life, and it's a story of him coming face-to-face -face with a rich young ruler. And I want you just to put yourself in that situation, and you might not feel rich, but um, I think the best definition I've had of rich is if you have a closet, you're rich, okay? That's based on the world scale, you're super rich. So I'm trusting most of you have a closet, and so you're all rich. And if you compare us to others, young, um, guess what? Compared to eternity, we're all real young. Uh, and, and so this guy was rich. He was young. He was a ruler. Now, you just catch that, okay? So here's the guy. He's got a pretty good life, right? And he's probably got a lot of stuff in the life, a lot of stuff from the world. He's living a pretty good life. He's, he's healthy probably. He's young. He's, he's got power. And things are going pretty good, right? But he's still missing something. There's something missing. He can't quite figure out. And so in chapter 8 of Luke, verse 18, this certain ruler comes to Jesus Christ. And he says to him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And first of all, Jesus says, Well, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. And we're just going to stop there and realize the guy comes and he's saying, What can I do to experience what life's all about? Right? I got a lot of good stuff. Things are well. I'm pretty prosperous. But there's something missing. What can I do? What can I do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus, Mark tells us, loves this guy. Okay, so first of all, you got to realize this is all in love. And this is how he responds in love. And, and Jesus, first of all, says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Now, when we think through that, of course, we know Jesus Christ is God. And it's his son. And so basically what he's saying is if you're calling me good, you're calling me God. And if you're calling me God, then you better respond like you're responding to God, okay? 
And, uh, and so that's the truth that we can see in the situation. But Jesus said, why do you call me good? And, and that word has kind of lost a little bit in our English language because there was like at least three Greek words that describe the same thing that we would say is good. And one of them is like a goodness in action. It's like an expression of good. It's, uh, it's like when you see someone do something for someone else and you say, well, that was a good thing for you to do. Okay, you see it. It was like this good thing. And, uh, you know, you're taking care of someone else. And it's like, oh, that was sure good of you to do. It's goodness in action. And, and that was one word. Another word is like this external goodness, okay? Uh, and, and, uh, or like, you know, good looking. Hey, she's good looking. He's a good looking guy. Or, or that tastes good. Or, or that feels good. Or that was a good time. Okay, it's like this external kind of that looks good. Okay, those are two words that they were separate words in the greek to describe that and then there's this other word here that jesus uses this word and i'm not a greek uh, scholar and, and nor is it on my bucket list as i said earlier to be but uh but the word is like agathos and, and we don't have to remember that agathos but you know it's like ah god ah good ah god and, and what that word means is good in character good in nature complete goodness complete goodness and there's only one who is completely good almighty god only one it only refers to one person god he is good and, and he is infinitely good because god is infinite so there's no end to it god is purely good Okay, he's perfectly good, and no one else can claim that, only God. His plans are thus good. His plans are kind, they're gracious, however we want to describe that. And God never changes, so everything he's always doing is ultimately for good. But he has an eternal perspective, and we don't. But it's good. It's all good. And since he's good, and, and since he is uh, complete, there can be no gray areas with God. There's no indifference. It also means that he hates what is evil. <clears throat> so we're kind of on one side or the other on that. He hates sin, all of it. And there's no indifference. Uh, in Romans 11, Paul said God is good and severe. Okay? And you think, how can you be so severe? Because he's severe with evil, and ultimately, it will be paid for. Ultimately, God's wrath will be poured out on evil. Ultimately, when it's all said and done, everything will come into judgment and everything will be made right. But God is ultimately good. And so we have all these degrees of good based on our, our words, you know, and, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm not as bad as I could be. I'm not as bad as some people. I know I'm not as bad as I used to be. I'm not as bad as I will be. I could be better, but, you know, and we have all these degrees. That was a pretty good game. That tastes pretty good, but there's better, da-da-da-da-da. And that's kind of how we throw in good. But there's no degrees with God. He's absolute, pure, good. Okay, got it? So the ruler kind of asks Jesus the question, like we often ask Jesus, what can I do to get more life? What good can I really do to have life? And, 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 and he's kind of coming at it from this perspective of um, a relative guy, like we all are, okay? Trying to find, like, what more good things can I do? And Jesus says to him, well, first of all, why do you call me good? No one's good but God alone. And then verse 20 says, you know the commandments. Don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. 
right? And basically what he's saying is, you know, you know the, you know the rules. And of course, we know how Jesus defined the rules in the Sermon on the Mount. Don't commit adultery. If you ever look lustfully at a woman, you've committed adultery. You're all guilty. Don't commit murder. If you've ever been angry at your brother, you've committed murder. We're all guilty. Don't steal. You know, but of course, we're relatives, so we're thinking, well, geez, I haven't been arrested for murder. You know? I must be a pretty good guy. Uh, and we're all sitting here going, ah, we're all pretty good. None of us are in jail today for murder. So, ah, God must think we're awesome, right? And, and so we have this kind of relative way we look at God. And, and, and somehow we miss this. And, and so Jesus goes on and, and, and the guy says, well, all these things I've kept from my youth, just kind of like we say, right? I'm not that bad. Come on, you know what they did. Uh, I would never do that. And, and so we're, 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 that's how we are. So here we go. Here's this crux move. And it's like when you're climbing, you, you got to make this key move to be able to continue up the mountain or you got to work your way back down. And so today, I want you to catch this because you're either going to leave kind of sad or frustrated or fearful or discouraged or confused or just really indifferent. Like, who cares what he said? It was kind of okay. It was good. <laughs> Didn't do much for me, but it was good, right? I'm glad he's trying, you know. <laughs> And so you kind of leave that way a lot of times. You're like, yeah, whatever. Or, or, or you leave with this ultimate joy. And, and it's really based on how you respond to the one true God. It's not based on me. It's how you respond to the one true God. Because I want you to catch this. Jesus Christ puts himself in direct competition with what you love most. And he says, you choose. Jesus Christ puts himself in competition with what you love most and says, you choose. You want your health? Your kids? Marriage? Your house? Your vacations? Your leisure time? Your money? You want your toys? You want your reputation? Your education? Your friends? Or else he puts it like this, guys. You want your money? And that's what Christ does here. He goes on in verse 22. Jesus heard this because the guy said, hey, I'm pretty good, right? And Jesus says, one thing you still lack, sell all you possess, distribute it to the poor. You shall have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. See, the guy loved money and Jesus knew that. So he hit right on his soft spot, right on that button. And when the man heard these things, he became very sad for he was extremely rich. And Jesus looked at him and he said, how hard it is for those who are wealthy to get into the kingdom of God. And remember, if, of the closet, that would be all of us. It's easier to go through, for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it then said, well, who can be saved? And Jesus said, these things are impossible with men, but they're possible with God. It's by grace, he's saying. But you see, here's the question. I don't want you to walk away and forget. What controls you? What are you afraid to lose? Where's your security? Because, you know, really, we, we like God. That's why you're here, right? We're all, we come to church because we think God's pretty good, relatively. <laughs> but we like ourselves probably more often. And, and we kind of just want God to fix us and clean us up, make sure we're going to go to heaven and he's going to bless us with whatever stuff we want. And, 
and give us a pretty good life and we think we know what's good but you know what that's living the lie that's doubting the ultimate goodness of god that's that's not surrendering to the one who deserves only our surrender that's all he wants our surrender and we can't understand what he's accomplishing from our limited view but somehow we think we know better than god and the scriptures tell us we're to prove good, prove this, this ah, God, this agathos. We're to cleave to that. We're to, to let that work through us. We're, we're to be zealous for good. We're to overcome evil with good. We're not good. Only God is. We're to surrender to him. And we're rewarded for our surrender to him, and that's it. And so we come face to face with these things. And that's really what I really want each of us to come face to face with today. Jesus Christ or you and your God. And somehow we think, if we can just keep our little pile over here and God will bless us, that we're going to be great. And you know what? We go through our life just like this rich guy going, what else can I do? Because there's something missing. Because we doubt that God is really good and if we surrender our idol on the altar, that it's going to be horrible. But it's not going to be horrible. It's going to be incredible because our God is ultimately good. So if all of a sudden we surrender our health and say, God, my life's in your hands. Take it whenever you want. How freedom is that? It's incredibly free. You're good, God. You know what's best. Trust you. That's what God wants, our surrender. And so really the challenge is, is, is that God is good, is truly good. So are you believing the lie? Are you believing the lie? You see... It just kills me that this guy, verse 23, he heard these things. He became very sad. He was extremely rich. And he walked away. And you know what? Jesus let him. And he'll let you. You see, that's love. He's going to bring you face to face with having him on the throne or your stuff or your idols and you can say i'm keeping my stuff and he'll let you and he'll bring you to that place again and again until you surrender so are you going to walk away from jesus today sad because you got another god in his place He'll allow you that choice. But we can choose to live different. We can choose to allow God to shape our view of our circumstances rather than our circumstances shaping our view of God. You see, this life really is all about Almighty God. It's really not about you. And I want to tell you something. God has these most indescribable exciting plans for you beyond what you can even imagine if you'll just trust him your wildest dreams your greatest imagination the greatest thing you could even imagine for your life how cool it could be if you could imagine and just write your own script is not nearly as great as what god has planned for you he is ultimate good he knows he knows you and how to bless you you don't none of us do he knows and it's amazing to see how great his plans are for us when we just surrender to him when we just say jesus christ i trust you you are my god uh this nurse this week i had to give fluids i was dehydrated and 
And so she's used to dealing with this stuff. And so we were talking about cancer. And, you know, it's a great conversation always. You talk about cancer and, and kind of my situation and da-da-da-da-da. So she's asking all these health questions about history and, you know, all, all these things. And, and she asked me this question. It just kind of blew me away. Almost like she's like, oh, this is a stupid question. But, you know, have you been depressed? And it just kind of struck me like, nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> And, uh, and I, she was just shocked by that. But I was like, no, we just haven't been depressed. Uh, Marcia and I, just, we have not been depressed. I mean, no one likes being sick. I hate being sick. I hate being tired. Uh, it's not fun, not feeling good. But like depressed? No, nah, I mean, I'm peaceful. <laughs> and, and you see, that's, that's what's incredible is that I can honestly say that, that I know and that we know our God is good. And our God is pure, and our God is powerful. I know he can heal me in an instant. I know he can take me home in an instant. I know it's better if he takes me home than leaves me here, but I like it here, you know? So either way, it's fine. I can't even imagine how great it'll be in heaven. It'll be awesome. I know we have this future. I know we have eternal life. I know we have these plans for us. I know it's all because of Jesus Christ. And it's so freeing. And we're all going to die, right? The stats are really pretty convincing. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I looked up some of these things, and I mean, I don't know how accurate they are, but there's about two, two deaths per second. Okay, 1,001. Ah, there's two more deaths. It seems kind of callous, doesn't it? Uh, but that, there is. There's about 120 a minute, 7,200 deaths while we're sitting here. 175,000 people about each day die. Just, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Give you an idea. But they go before our Lord. Are you ready? Are you ready? You see, we've been so blessed by your prayers and your encouragement. Marsh and I have just been encouraged. And I was really given one of the greatest compliments of my, that I could be given by yesterday by my daughters. And I was talking to Marie, and she said, well, that, that she listened to the sermon last week, and, and they'd they all do, and they kind of comment for me. But she's just a good sermon, Dad, right? Like, that's... Cool. It's good. Okay. And, uh, and, but the compliment that, that they, they shared with me as they were all talking was they said, well, that's just my dad. And I couldn't have gotten paid a greater compliment. Because uh, it was like to uh, the girls. It was kind of like nothing new. <laughs> it's just that. And Marie said, you know, your principles just hold up under intense pressures. Dears. Do you have an idol or a God that's in competition with Jesus Christ? And you know, I'm kind of at that place where I won't let you off too easy anymore. And, and uh, so I'm going to ask you to put it on the altar right now. Or just walk away from Jesus. It's your choice. He'll let you. But right now in these, these moments as we, as we close and we have quiet and ask yourself what you're counting on, where your security is. If there's something that, that you've decided is, is ultimate good rather than God, ask God just to reveal it to you. He'll make it clear. And, and I challenge you just to lay it on the altar and trust God.
And uh, I promise you that you'll find, just like Abraham as he went to sacrifice Isaac, that, that God has a lamb there waiting to fulfill your needs. And it, it's going to be a, something beyond what you could even imagine. So as we close, uh, we're just going to take a, a few minutes here and pray. And I'm just going to ask you to come before God and give him your, your lives, give him your idols. God, I, I pray for um, each person here. Each person who hears this message that you would just cut through. And we just surrender to you. God, you make clear to us what we worship in place of you. And even now in these moments, God, we want to Surrender them to you. We trust, Almighty God, that, that you are good, pure, infinitely good. And we want you to be our God. Every circumstance, every instance. And I pray, God, that you would use us to share the truth that our God is God, that he does reign, and that we would be a stark picture in this world of people of faith believing the truth that our God is God and that we would not be overcome with fear we would not be overcome with these false idols that surround us that we would instead be people who worship and adore you not only on Sunday but as we leave this place use us for your glory in Jesus name